0: The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by Winbet. Winbet Casino is now offering a 100% deposit match up to $1,000 for new users. Download the Winbet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. We're also brought to you by StableDuel. StableDuel is a horse racing DFS app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. You can win as much as $25,000 with one entry. Head over to StableDuel.com to get started today. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app. You're home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Yes, sir. We are back. We are back with another episode of the NBA Gambling podcast. I'm your host Terrell from Junior, and we have to start the episode today right here with a new installment of These Dudes Ain't Trying to Fight For Real. And so, as you all know, and if you don't know, now you know, that over the course of the season, we have been tracking this, the most egregious offenders, and we have a little bit of a list going on. Rudy Gobert, Isaiah Stewart. Tristan Hill from the Dallas Cowboys. We have a football entry, ladies and gentlemen. He got added on. Tyler Hero was the honorable mention. I threw him on late, but Tyler Hero was the honorable mention. For, but he had too many, too many minor offenses that added to be one egregious offense. Chris Rock was our recent inductee. He is the booster of this team. And now, thank you, Steven Jackson, for giving us this segment. As you you put it so eloquently, that these dudes in the NBA really don't be trying to fight for real. And Jay Crowder, there ain't no way, no way you like. I understand Draymond Green tries to get under everyone's skin. I understand. We completely get it. As my brother Jamal put it so eloquently earlier today, your response should have been nothing but, I don't care if I'm from Buckhead, you can still get your ass beat. That's it. That's it. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you missed it last night during the night, Cap J. Crowder and... Draymond Green got into it a few times. Draymond Green got into his trash-talking modes very well, I might put. He had some very, very good things to say. And he pointed out that Jay Crowder was from Buckhead, who is a really, really nice neighborhood. If you don't know Atlanta and Georgia, it is a very, very nice neighborhood. And people that claim they are tough guys or about that life are typically not from that area. And so he put out the claims that Jay Crowder was from there. Jay Crowder's really not about that life. He can see him if he would like to. They can test this out. All that, this, that, and the third. There is a terrible notion in the community that if you are from a nice area, you can't fight. That is not true. However, Jay Crowder fed right into it. And although he really isn't from Bucket, like he's really not from Bucket. It was just, you know, Draymond knew what to say to get under his skin. He really not from Bucket. But Jay Crowder fell right into it because what do tough guys hate? They really hate when you say they're from nice neighborhoods. If you go back to Eight Mile, Money Rabbit dropped it on Clarence, who was from a really nice neighborhood. He went to, I can't even remember what the school was called, but it was a private school. So, Jay Crowder, you have committed a serious crime and welcome. Two, the installment, the all-star team of these dudes ain't trying to fight for real. I need a point guard now. I need a point guard that can run the offense. I got a shooter in Tyler Hero. Jay Crowder can space the floor as well. Rudy Gobert on the defensive end. I got Isaiah Stewart down there as well. We got a couple. So we got a little bit of front guard. I need a point guard. Who's going to help me out for the end of the season? I need a point guard.
1: Does the person actually need to threaten to fight people, or is it just somebody that's afraid to fight? No, he's got
0: he's to be afraid to fight. Like, he's got to be terrified to fight.
1: Okay, so my leading frontrunner there to help you out with the point guard position would be Kyle Lowry because of <laughs> what's happened there with Haslam and with Butler and how Kyle Lowry wanted nothing to do with it. He just walked off, <laughs> took a couple of timeouts. Uh, you also have the photo with him.
0: Jimmy Butler was very close as well to getting added to this list for that. For that and for that argument, he was very, very close. But ultimately, we know Jimmy Butler is really about that, and he's had so many other situations where he's been about that. But he was very, he was dangerously close to getting added to this list as well.
1: I'd say if I was going with a point guard now, I'd probably lean Kyle Lowry, just because he's always seems to play a physical style, and then he flops forty-five times per game, and then he never actually gets into an altercation with anybody, but yet it feels like he's about to. You know what I mean? Mm. So I feel like I'm gonna lean him. If you're looking for a point guard, we can workshop it. But I feel like that's we'll see. A we'll see. Point.
0: And and you know they have to they have to prove it to us. So they have to prove it to us on the court by getting into. You can start the offense and then try to back down when other person picks up, or you can you know get real buck and then. Like Isaiah Stewart, when you had a chance to be in somebody's face, you walked away. And then once it was a million people in front of you, you wanted to start to get bucked again. So we'll see if anybody decides to test their luck over the course of the end of the season to give us that point guard to end our team. We have, you know, an NFL player. That's crazy. We got a booster. And, you know, we possibly could have had a head coach. I just really felt bad for him because Juan Howard was really about to give him the work. But we could have had a coach and the guy that Juan Howard open hand smacked.
1: So for people who want a coach, I got to assume Jeff Van Gundy is going to be your, your head coach, right? Just for the Alonzo morning leg drag. No, no, but that we're, we're going off of this season. We're not going we're to going punish, only uh, off this We're not going to okay.
0: Yeah, yeah. We're not going to, we're not going to punish people for previous offenses. No, no, no. We're going to go over the course of the season and see because every season everybody does it. People do it all the time. It happens all the time. So, we're going to go over the course of the season. We're not going, you to going with anybody.
1: You going with Greg Gard? Mhm. You going with Greg Gard, the Wisconsin coach?
0: No, no. We didn't we didn't give we didn't give it to him because we felt the committee felt like he he got <laughs> he already got the worst end of it he, did, he didn't he get already slapped. got the worst end. he He's already just got coach the got slapped end. nobody told oh you. yeah 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 well no no the, the, the yeah yeah he did yeah that was something that was um yeah yeah so but either way we didn't we didn't punish the wisconsin team we felt like especially because they got worked by that michigan team, they definitely lost that fight 100 percent lost that fight and they, we felt wait, what do you mean them. they go
1: they, they beat michigan that game
0: No, they beat Michigan, but they lost the fight. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, they they beat Michigan on the court. They lost the fight. They 100% lost the fight. So we felt bad for them. We didn't decide to add them to the committee this year. All right. As you all can hear, we are reunited, and it feels so good. Scott, we are back. It feels like we haven't done this in forever because we were doing it for so long. (laughs) And so back on our regular scheduled programming for Thursdays, I've already talked us through a large portion of the episode. How are you doing today, sir?
1: Doing pretty well, by the way, if we're including football coaches. I'll nominate Dan Campbell for his biting knees press conference and then not getting into a single fight during the entire season.
0: That is, that is pretty egregious. You had to get
1: into one after that just saying you, you can't say you're gonna bite kneecaps pretty, and have no issues the entire season that seems like that's a little bit of false advertising so we, we can workshop it but i feel like that's an we'll, underrated candidate. we'll send
0: it to the committee we'll send it to the committee and we'll we'll put the claim to the committee and we'll get their thoughts on it
1: other than that though i'm doing pretty well it's nice to be back on air with you it's definitely been longer than uh you know uh yeah it feels a lot longer than it actually has been if you know what i mean
0: yeah 100 percent yeah And so we're on air today. We'll be on air together tomorrow. We have a Megapod coming tomorrow. So I can't wait for people to see that, people to hear that. It's going to be really, really fun. And to recap yesterday, let's just go ahead and real quick go through the picks yesterday. I was on an absolute heater yesterday. Finished the day 8-2-1 against the spread. I hit two of my three locks, pushed the third the Houston Rockets ended up losing that game by three. That pushed. And they were my they were my dog actually. So I didn't even get the plus the plus one thirty. It was there. That was there. It pushed. So I didn't even get the plus one thirty on that one. But I cashed the Heat for the second time in a row. Heat plus five. Cashed them. My lock cashed again. Moon off cashed his dog of uh, I mean his lock of hawks minus 12 and a half he missed the warriors he played the warriors money line that did not come through but he cashed his lock of hawks minus 12 and a half so we're 2-0 on locks yesterday on the podcast i hit 2-0-1 on my locks over the course of this episode and it just feels like the good times are going to keep rolling scott it just feels like we're on a heater and we're just going to let the good times continue to
1: roll when i've also got the cover in that warriors game
0: yeah, he did. Yeah, he did get the cover in that game. And we we talked about it. So we said that that line was – that line just told you you had to bet Warriors because there was no reason it should have been four and a half. Yeah. There was absolutely zero reason. It was three lines that I gave out yesterday that made no sense at all. And if you bet all three, you went two and one. So the Dallas line didn't make any sense at all on why they were favored by one and a half and Evan Mobley was ruled out of the game and out for the foreseeable future. So they were down, Jared Allen, they were down up in Mobile. It didn't really make any didn't really make too much sense. And the Cavs actually were leading at halftime. The mm. Mavericks put on a really good second half to pull that one away and get the win. Second one was the Spurs, where Memphis was beating the shit out of everyone. Memphis was beating the shit out of everyone. They were beating playoff teams by 20 plus points. And they only got five and a half against the Spurs. It didn't make any sense. And early, it looked like Memphis was going to train wreck the Spurs. I think they were up some, almost 20 points at one point in time in the game. And the Spurs came, battled back, only lost the game by one.
1: Probably should have won. You had the tough break on the Kelton Johnson layup.
0: Yeah. And then the last one was the Golden State Warriors, who were playing atrocious basketball. They were playing against the number one team in the NBA, and they were only – the Suns were only laying four and a half. It didn't make any sense. It didn't make any sense at all. That was a line that if Steph was playing in the game, you could see why it would be four and a half. So it didn't make sense. And then you go, when you watch the game and they get, they get down, they go up and then they go back down. And then there's a chance for the cover and for the Suns to get the cover and a crucial miss by Mikel Bridges in that spot where, Game finishes at four. You got four and a half. You you hit. So two and one. On that note, it it's just sometimes it's just too good to be true. Like sometimes it really is too good to be true. And I would have liked to have been three and zero oh, because I would have hit a very nice parlay if it was three and zero. Oh, but yeah, that 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 was real fishy. It was just it was a lot of foolishness going on in the NBA and. You know, regular people are going to tell you, oh, no, we got to take the Suns. They're only getting four and a half. We got to take the Sun. Oh, Grant Memphis is only getting five and a half. We got to take Memphis. Like, they're only laying five and a half. We got to take Memphis. We got to take the Suns. They would have told you that. Good thing you are listening to this podcast where we do better. We we tell you the sharp side of things, the better side to bet because it just didn't it 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 really didn't pass the smell test and there was no way i was laying those points in those situations i rather would have lost on the other side and been wrong than to lay that to lay the points and lose because of a fishy line that i knew was fishy
1: so i'm going to add an honorable mention to that because i actually won my youtube play yesterday i had the nuggets and the pacers over i got that at around 232 it closed at 236
0: Indiana Mm -hmm. had,
1: like, nobody playing. They had Halliburton. They put – I believe they had Sykes back in the starting lineup. They were really shorthanded. And Denver just gave up 109 to Charlotte. And we saw Indiana only score 91 against Toronto. And the total Mm was in the 230s, which seemed a little bit high to me. But, of course, based on where the total was, I had to take the over because that line looked so ridiculous that there's no way I was going to take the under on it. And what do you know, the over – Money came in, and the line went up about four points, and the game lands in the 240s. So honorable mention there because I had a similar experience with you, and it won. So add that to the honorable mention list.
0: Yeah, and we we were on that as well. We talked about that. It was like there's no way we're betting under in the game. I mean, it doesn't matter. But I
1: know the Pacers give up 130 like it's nobody's business, but they also can't score. So I found the line just interesting, and, of course, it cashed anyway.
0: Absolutely. All right. You got anything else from yesterday? Mm.
1: Uh, not really. Uh, my main takeaway was I'm not really sure what to think from the – that's my main takeaway. I don't know what to think about the Golden State-Phoenix game. Because Phoenix played so terribly offensively, they barely made three-pointers the entire game. They shot about 41%. Booker was awful the entire game, and they still won. I know Golden State, of course, at home has been really good. Curry has been out, so they've lost four in a row. Golden State might end up actually in, like, the five seed. Like, there's a shot Denver actually passes them. So they're in serious trouble right now. But Phoenix did what Phoenix does, which is find ways to win games no matter how. And they didn't play well at all. They still managed to win. Yeah, I I think my main takeaway there is that Golden State got a masterclass from Jordan Poole. Clay Thompson was awful. And yeah, to be honest, I didn't think Draymond looked that good either. Uh, I guess the question that I have to ask for you is, is it already past the point of full panic for Warriors fans or do you still hold that hope? Because, Clay, there's no official rule on how soon after returning from a series injury you can start to criticize the guy's play. Because everyone's mm-hmm. expecting Clay to, let's just say, have some growing pains or have to have some rust, but to eventually figure it out. At what point do you bring it up that he has really not been that great? Because you got to bring it up at some point.
0: Yeah, so to answer your first question of when downtime. to start panicking, yeah, panic time for the Warriors, I wouldn't. Actually, yesterday was an egregious – I if I was a Warriors fan, I would be excited. Not be excited, optimistic but by I would be hopeful. You be might hopeful. not even get a
1: home series at this point. You might actually fall to the five.
0: Yeah, yeah, possibly, possibly, but – I think that Golden State is one of those teams that they can – they'll get past that. Like, they'll get past that. I don't think that that would be a really big issue if they fall to five. However, yesterday they played really good defense. They found themselves defensively against the best team in the NBA. They also were in position to win that game, and it was a couple of mistakes that really – the first – I believe it was the first. I may be forgetting the order, but the first mistake was – Otto Porter was supposed to cut to the basket on a pa- on a pass from Draymond Green. He didn't cut. Draymond got caught in the air when he was about to make the pass and landed and got called for a travel. So there was a turnover there. And then also, Klay Thompson gets called for a brutal foul and is slightly questionable if it was a foul or not or if it but he got called for a brutal foul on the defensive end on the inbound pass. And that led to two Devin Booker free throws that kind of put them in the lead and made it really hard on the Warriors. So that was a situation. I'm pretty sure right after that timeout, because it was a timeout right before then, and Steve Kerr was like, you got, we can't foul, we can't foul. And it's exactly what happened. And you see Steve Kerr's face, and he's like, dog, like this is exactly what we didn't need. And so um, – My main takeaway was turnovers for me. yeah. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. It was 22, 22 turnovers, I think, over the – 20. 21. Yeah. 21 over the course of the whole game. So, But that last turnover was, was really brutal, and it was just Otto Porter not on the same page, not understanding what the play was, and Draymond kind of got flagged for it with that travel. And so aside from having 20-plus turnovers and you're still in a possession in, a possession and in the game at that point in time, I gotta feel like that is nothing but up. I don't think that they're gonna struggle too hard in the playoffs. I think that like I said, there's two teams that I would be concerned if you're playing them, and that is the Suns and the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies more than the Suns actually. Because I just I I don't I don't give Golden State a chance against the Grizzlies. I think the Grizzlies are going to give Golden State literally everything they can because they know how underrated they are against Golden State.
1: I think they're too athletic.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Grizzlies are just a good team. They're just yeah. a good team, and it's and they're going to be underrated in almost every series they play in.
1: Mm-hmm. They really do, every, of, they do everything the that the round. Warriors aren't good at. I mean, you look at what the Grizzlies do. They have the athleticism on the perimeter. They can give you a lot of length defensively, particularly with Jaron Jackson, who's just a matchup nightmare for Golden State, just looking at his defensive ability. And then you have the rebound and Steven Adams is on pace for one of the best offensive rebounding seasons in the history of the NBA, and nobody talks about it, but he's ridiculous on the glass, and all Golden State has, especially with Wiseman being out for the rest of the year, is Kevon Looney. That's it. They have no backup center. Mm-hmm. So if Looney gets into foul trouble, or even just the fact that he has no offensive talent, Memphis is going to torch him the entire series, and there's nothing Golden State can do about it.
0: And Memphis found themselves defensively. They're playing a lot better defensively. Jaron Jackson Jr. is playing like a defensive player of the year candidate. Add Dylan Brooks in there who can guard on the perimeter is going to make it extremely hard for Steph Curry, as he did in that play-in game a year ago. So it's going to be – they give the Suns and the Warriors probably one of the hardest matchups Mm -hmm. in all of basketball. And – I just need the Grizzlies to make it there. Yeah, I just need them to make it there because they're po- they're
1: possibly on a crash course with the Clippers.
0: That's going to be nerve wracking.
1: They might dodge a bullet though because Memphis might be able to avoid playing Phoenix and Golden State because Golden State's the four right now.
0: Yes, and so that that would be huge. You play so Dallas. that would be that's huge. Yeah, that would be that would be huge because as we talked about and when i was making my prediction i said that they were going to make the western conference final at the very least it was the my nerve-wrackingness for saying that they would make the finals because i really do like them to make the finals was that they had to play both golden state and phoenix Mm. so if they get to dodge one and only get one in the western conference finals that's going to be huge because i think that they can i think they can run through the west man i really do the clippers give me cause for concern the Timberwolves give me cause for concern but outside of that I think they can run through teams it's that first round that I'm concerned about they make it out the first round and I like them to make it go all the way honestly
1: well, I'll ask you who do you, who do you think is going to give Memphis the biggest threat in the first round the Clippers 100% the Clippers 100% and would Clippers. you pick Memphis to win a series against the Clippers or you actually like the Clippers in that one I I would continue to. Assuming no Kawhi.
0: Assuming only Paul. Yeah, no, no. Even, even no, but no Kawhi kind of, because now Paul George can be Paul George. Yeah. He can be Paul George. And so that was, that's really what makes the Clippers very scary. They're so well coached. They make adjustments. I don't want to see the Clippers in a series at all because of the adjustments they make. I would actually bet, I would actually hedge my bet probably because Clippers probably go down 2-0 in this series. Probably. And I feel like that would be, that would probably be a really, really good spot. One, Memphis has never been up 2 0. Those guys, like, they haven't been in that situation. Mm-hmm. They played that one series against the Jazz and where they competed every game, but they still lost in five games.
1: Yeah. They won and game so, one and they got, they lost the next one. Yeah. Game, so,
0: and so I could see them being up 2 0, and the Clippers extending that series to six, seven games and possibly winning. So I would hedge my bet at that point on the Clippers as soon as Memphis goes up to 0 because of the adjustments I know Tyloo is going to make over the course of the series. Okay. So the Clippers are the Clippers on the head coach factor, on the talent factor, the fact that they are finally healthy, they're getting they're getting this lineup exactly where they want it to be. They're not out here playing, you know, nobodies for the majority of the season. They're they're going they're going to be a force and whether like they Norman fall to, to 7 or 8 Yes, Mormon Powell comes back. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Norman Powell comes back and comes into that lineup that just played the other night. It's gonna be very it's gonna be very scary. So the Clippers are my hundred percent. If they get the seven and they have to play Memphis, that's going that's going to make me nervous. I, I do I am nervous about Minnesota, but I think Minnesota can be had. But the Clippers with the experience factor with everything I said. That is my biggest threat to my Memphis Grizzlies ticket, I think. All right. Looking for Las Las Vegas-style casino fun in the palm of your hand? Look no further than WinBet, the premier online casino from five-star win resorts properties, from classic table games to all the best slots, thrills, and jackpots. WinBet has everything you need for the ultimate casino experience. Sign up today and receive a 100% first deposit match up to $1,000. WinBet win hour is from 2 p.m. to 3 p.m. Pacific time. Better prices on select games. Anyone who has the WinBet app is alerted right on the hour. Bet $500 on college basketball Thursday through Sunday and be entered to win a two-night stay at Win Las Vegas. If a patron wagers $1,100, so just for example, if a patron wagers $1,100 on the men's college basketball tournament Sunday through Thursday, you are eligible for two entries into the prize draw because you bet $500 twice. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is download the WinBet app or visit wynnbet.com to get started today. Offer subject to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. SGPN is at it again, and this time we're giving away a thousand dollars in their final four contest. Respond to ten questions, and whoever has the most correct wins, wins a thousand dollars. Send or just go to slash final four. That's slash final four. Who's just giving away a thousand dollars like that, man? The team is crazy. The team is crazy. They're just giving away a thousand dollars. Ten questions and the winner gets $1,000 just like that. So easy out here. It's so, so easy. All right, so let's talk about this slate. We got five games. Should be able to go through it pretty smoothly. Kicking the slate off tonight, we have the Philadelphia 76ers playing the hot Detroit Pistons. They are laying 9.5, currently 223.5 on the total. For the Detroit Pistons, Corey Joseph is day-to-day. Grant and Smith and Diallo are out. Diallo's out for the rest of the season. Looking down for the Philadelphia 76ers, and they have a pretty clean injury report today. And so I say the hot Detroit Pistons because they are 17-2 and in their last 19 against the spread.
1: They don't win many games, now, but they cover. Huh? They don't win many games, but they cover.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so, not only are they 17-2, and two, but the 17 wins are all as underdogs. The only two, the only two losses were when they were favored. But they, they just got cute, and they made the Pistons a favorite, and they let you down. But every time they've been a dog for the past 17 games, they've covered. So, Scott, what is stopping me from betting the Pistons tonight getting 9.5 against
1: 76ers? I think the one thing that would stop you here is the fact that Philadelphia has lost two in a row. And, of course, they lost to Phoenix and Milwaukee. The Milwaukee game, they probably should have won. They were up double digits at home, and you kind of have to close that out. It really depends on seeding for Philly because they're tied with Boston right now for first place in the Atlantic, and we know the top of the East is separated by about two games. So the question is, is Philly going to be extra motivated for this game because of the two losses they had going in and how they need to get back on track? Or do they play with their food against a weaker team and struggle to cover but probably win the game? It's really a tough call. I actually got to see Detroit play live earlier this week. I went to the Pistons and Nets game, which was a lot of fun earlier in the week. Uh, I saw Cade drop 34. He looked nuts in the second half. I saw Durant mm-hmm. drop 41-11-5. He's insanely good at basketball. But Pisons hung around, and they looked decent. But for this matchup here, I'm actually going to pick Philly. I, I know that Detroit's been very good against the number as a dog, but it really does seem like a good bounce-back spot. Philly was playing really well. They ran into back-to-back buzz saws against Milwaukee and Phoenix, who are arguably the best two teams in the league. Now they have a basic cupcake. Detroit's been awful at home uh, straight up. Against the spread, they've been okay. Philadelphia, though, 25-12 and on the road, which is a bit underrated because usually they're a very good home team and an awful road team. But I'm Mm. actually going to take Philly because, simply put, I think they actually just straight up need this game if they want to have any shot at the one seed. Detroit already announced Jeremy Grant's out for the rest of the year. Diallo's out for the rest of the year. They are definitely – not exactly trying to win games. Of course, you have a young roster. You're trying to remain competitive. But I'm going to go with Philly because after those two losses, especially the Milwaukee one, which is pretty brutal, I think they really need a good bounce back spot here. So I'm actually going to go with the 76ers.
0: Yeah, I'm on 76ers as well. So I truly think that people are going to come out here today on whatever medium that they give you sports picks and they're going to tell you to bet the Pistons, because the Pistons are hot. The Pistons are covering everything as dogs. They are doing all of that. I think that they're going to absolutely go completely chalk. I'm looking at it right now, and I see 90% of the money on the Detroit Pistons for tonight. I wouldn't be me if I told you to bet the Detroit Pistons tonight. Come on now. This is absolutely the spot for Philly to go get right, to beat up on a bad team, because at the end of the day, the Pistons are still a bad team. Just because you go on a covering streak doesn't mean that you're automatically good. That is not what that means. It means that you're that you have been underestimated too much by the odds makers and you are overperforming to their expectations. And so this is absolutely the spot where I think that the 76ers can 100% get right. I'm getting nine and a half, which is rather large, but is it outside the round possibility for them to beat this team by double digits? Absolutely not. They have Joel Embiid, who is still vying to be the MVP for this season. Is he going to get it? probably not Jokic has went on a crazy run as he's done for majority of the season and I think that MB slowed down enough where Jokic is probably in the lead of that race right now but oh, we'll see. I, be- I
1: believe he's now like minus 140 I think
0: yeah so he's in the lead of that race right now for a good reason so you still have Joel M B. you have whatever you're going to get from James Harden you don't know what you're going to get you don't know how healthy he's going to look now he's had a little bit of rest before this game so he may look a little bit better And you still have Doc who is getting the rotation and trying to get the best out of a lot of these. I wouldn't say mediocre, but they're not as good players, especially on that bench. And somehow he does get that production from them. And so with all that available, with the opportunity that they have in front of them, I think that this is a spot where they can go and everybody is just clicking on all cylinders today. They get back on the slide, they keep it moving, and they're vying again as you said, for the one seed. They're only two games back, and Milwaukee plays the Nets today, and we'll get to that game later. So there's a ample opportunity for them still to finish as the one seed. It is a four-horse race between Miami, Milwaukee, Philly, and Boston, and everybody's trying to get that last push at the end of the season to get there, which could be good
1: or bad. I'm hesitating Probably good, on Boston. Because I'm really not sure after the Williams injury if they really are gonna want to try to push it for a one seed. So I, yo, you
0: know how I feel about Boston. I'm not even gonna get into that. Well, this is, my entire Boston.
1: opinion of Boston changed but because Williams is Williams is. I felt like I couldn't players on the team.
0: Yeah, I I felt like I couldn't I couldn't not throw Boston in there because they were two games back just like Philly. But I'm just saying either way.
1: Yeah, now without Williams, I'm not picking them to get the one seed.
0: Yeah, no no no, I'm definitely not picking them, but I only did it because they're, you know, they're yeah, two games So yeah, yeah, the standings, yeah. They only mentioned it because of the standings, but I it's Miami for me. At this at this point it's Miami for me still. Uh, that Miami had their their struggle where they were supposed to be at. It's Miami for for me because they they got rid of they got through the hardest part of their season, now they're just going to go and thrive for the rest of the, end of the year. But that's my opinion. Mm-hmm. All right. We're both on Philly. Minus nine and a half in this game. We're going to fade the hot Detroit Pistons. Yeah, I don't really have anything to do with the total for real.
1: I don't either. I watched Detroit play terrible defense against the Nets, but that doesn't mean anything because the Nets get into track meets voluntarily. Philly should try to. Uh, The issue I have with Detroit defensively is they switch every pick and roll. So Harden Mm -hmm. and Embiid should just have a field day in this game, just based on the defensive, let's just say, philosophy of Dwayne Casey. But Mm -hmm. I guess I'm going to lean to the under because the first two meetings this season landed below 213 and the total is 223 and a half. So I'm going to go with the under, but I don't exactly feel great about it.
0: Yeah, me neither. I I, can definitely feel you there. All right. Next game we have the Milwaukee Bucks traveling to Brooklyn and play the Brooklyn Nets. Nets are laying two currently, 243 on the total. That's jumped up from 238. Looking at the injury report here for the Milwaukee Bucks, and we have Giannis, who is day-to-day. That's about it. Pretty clean for them. And for the Brooklyn Nets, we have Ben Simmons, who is still out. Shocker. And that's about it. Pretty clean for them as well. So I was talking about this in the group chat that I was in earlier. And for me, it's pretty easy. I'm taking the Nets in this spot.
1: You just think um, emotionally I, with Kyrie back at home against the Bucs, they're just going to take care of it?
0: Not even emotionally. I think that they're I think that the Bucs are slightly overrated, to be honest. I think that they're slightly overrated. I don't like the I don't necessarily like the death of Brooklyn at all. You we all know I don't like the depth in Milwaukee, but I, and I don't like the depth in Brooklyn at all, but I feel like that this is a spot where Brooklyn can absolutely get up because Milwaukee is literally impossible of guarding anybody beyond the three point line. They're giving up 40% in the past five games. And for the majority part of this season, they've been giving up 40% to teams from the three point line and Brooklyn has the personnel where they can get hot and they can get shooters out on the court and be able to kill you if you give it to them. And so, while the interior defense is a concern for Brooklyn, I think that this group right now, especially and add everything you say about the emotional factor of Kyrie's back, they're going to go out there and really try to play this game, and the fact that the line is minus two when Milwaukee should probably be favored, and the fact that majority of the money, and it seems like the public all day today is going to be talking about Milwaukee, 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 because Milwaukee just beat Philly on the road. And in the past two games, the – not the 76ers, but the Nets have lost to the Hornets and beat the Pistons by three in a game where they were losing the majority of that game. I'm pretty sure everybody's in an auto-fade of the Nets right now, and that just feels like the best chance for me to go in and get the Nets when nobody's expecting. So I, I like the Nets here. This is one of my favorite plays of the day. I'm actually going to lock up the Nets minus two.
1: Well, they beat the Pistons by seven. It was a one-possession game with like three minutes to go, and then the Nets made some free throws. Kyrie hit a three, and that kind of put the game out of reach. But they were within a one-possession game or trailing for about uh, two and a half quarters of that game, so it definitely wasn't exactly a great performance. But I can't really read much into it because I'm assuming with Milwaukee on deck, a lot of the Nets players were looking ahead on the calendar.
0: I don't think they had
1: the Pistons circled on their calendar, if you know what I mean. But Milwaukee had a great win there against Philly, they trailed, they came back. Giannis had 40. He had the great block against Embiid at the end. The spot I'm really torn with because I've seen Giannis just dominate the Nets pretty much every time they play. And it would not surprise me if Giannis goes for 40. But this is why I was a big fan of the Drummond acquisition for the Nets. Because even though you can't really stop Giannis, you have to try to just contain him – Drummond is that big body center that the Nets needed to at least make Giannis somewhat work for his points. Because when you threw Claxton on him or Blake Griffin or even LaMarcus Aldridge, I mean, that's, that was just a joke. Giannis was going to go past them every single time. Drummond can at least body up Giannis a little bit and try to make a one-man wall, so to speak. I still think Giannis is going for 30, but I do think that Drummond's going to have a big – A role in this matchup, especially on the glass. I'm going to agree with you. I do think the line is pretty interesting, especially since Milwaukee, of course, beat them in the playoffs last year. Injuries involved, I know, but still. Uh, Milwaukee has won two of the first three meetings this season. And yeah, I'm going to go with the Nets because I do think that the three point defense for Milwaukee is a concern. And I think the Nets will capitalize. So I think it'll be very close. I think it's going to be a war, but I'm going with the Nets. I do think this total's a bit too high though. I know that the Nets don't really guard anybody with Kyrie back in the lineup, but two forty three and a half. I mean that's that's a little bit too rich for my blood. So I'm I'm not gonna take the over. It's under a pass for me, but I do like the Nets.
0: Yeah, it's under for me. I think that I mean we we, we thought over in the playoffs for majority of the playoffs. I think for the most part. The, the overarching feeling was over and these teams really locked in and played the hell like played like shit defensively and really brought that ty- that total really way, way down towards the end of that playoff series. So
1: all it takes is I one can, bad quarter. And you're assuming if yeah. this game is close through one three, bad quarter fucks that up. It's usually the fourth quarter. Because you see the first three quarters be very intense, very close. And then because of the intensity and the stakes, quote unquote you see a pretty low-scoring fourth quarter. It's usually what happens when these teams get together. So even if you get, let's just say, 53 points in the fourth quarter, you need more than 60 points per quarter for you to cash this over. So I can't take an over. It's either under or pass.
0: Yeah. I'm with you. I agree. All right. Next game on the slate, we have the Cleveland Cavaliers traveling to play the Atlanta Hawks. Cleveland and Atlanta both are on back-to-bats. Both are traveling as they play this game in Atlanta. Minus six is the line for the Atlanta Hawks. 230 on the total for the injury report. And this one for Cleveland, Evan Mobley, as I alluded to earlier in the show, is out. Jared Allen is out missing another game. Dean Wade is out not really going to talk about anything else there. I and, the total's at 230? And for the Atlanta Hawks, Gallinari is day-to-day. Skyler Mays is out for the most – I believe he's going to stay out as well. They're on the bat-to-bat, so these could be due to change as the official injury reports, but this is what we have as far as yesterday. I – am not interested in the Cleveland Cavaliers in this spot. I'm not either. Because missing Evan Mobley and Jared Allen is huge. That is a lot of size that you are missing. That is a lot of athleticism from Evan Mobley and Jared Allen that you're missing. And this Hawks I feel like the Hawks are looking to run over the Cabs in this spot. To run over them to Make a push. Again, this is all about seeding. Cleveland is at seven and Atlanta is at 10. Atlanta is the better team right now, even though they don't defend worth the lick of anything. They're the better team right now. And Trey Young's playing out of his mind.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Trey Young's playing. This could literally become a pissing contest between Trey Young and Darius Garland today because I don't think anybody on either team is stopping either one. Because I don't think, and I, I don't think De, uh, DeAndre Hunter is going to pick up the Darius Garland assignment. So this this could be a pissing contest between the two of them for majority of this game. I am getting into fade the Cavs mode. I think that with the injuries that they have, it's just now it's becoming too much, and at this point in time, it's becoming too much. And it was a lot better when they were underrated in the beginning of the season when they had these injuries and they were getting large lines and they were able to co- cover them with, with ease. But now we're, we're still only in two possessions and there's no Evan Mobley, Jared Allen in this game over, after what they've done over the course of the season. I don't think so. I don't think so. I'm not interested.
1: I don't know what you do with Capella. And I mean, I know Trey Capella be hasn't had a great year, but I mean you're Trey throwing be able Mo- to get him whenever he wants. You're saying you're throwing Moses Brown, you're throwing Love a little bit. I know love can stretch the floor, which might be a problem for Capella, but rebounding wise, Capella might walk into twenty rebounds and nobody would be surprised. I
0: actually do like Moses Brown to have a good day. Moses oh. Brown is re- very, very athletic. I really like Moses Brown. He's athletic, but
1: I I know he can't shoot. Yeah. So Capella no, should yeah, be nah. in the paint and just rack up rebounds and blocks the entire game.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. And I mean not even that, I think Capella is going to have an impact offensively because I'm not expecting Moses Brown to do anything against them on the inside. I think Capella has the size advantage, and he's going to be able to body him. And Trey, as we know what Trey does, is going to find great ways to get Capella to ball in easy buckets.
1: No offense, no offense to Moses Brown, but when you get thrown off of an Oklahoma City team that's experimenting with everybody, I kind of question what your NBA future is. I don't, I don't know. No, I think I he's say. okay. I, what's he he was he
0: thrown off? He was
1: traded. He was traded to Dallas.
0: Uh, he was traded I mean, to Dallas, and that was a great. He, he played great. Like I'm saying, he, he was. A, for, he was a
1: throw-in, wasn't he
0: Yeah, I think he. And I think it, that sweetened. I think that sweetened the deal for him a little bit. But no, Moses Brown is a good player. I think Moses he's Brown okay a good player.
1: I mean, I, I watched him. He's athletic. He doesn't really have much talent in terms of just overall offensive ability, but. He's athletic. He can finish some lobs every now and then.
0: I think he just – I think that that was just not what Dallas was wanting to do. I think it just wasn't a good fit. It's not what they were wanting to do. And now he has an opportunity here in Cleveland because this is exactly what Cleveland wants to do. They just lost the two people that they do it with. So,
1: well, you no, said I think, Dallas. I, think, I, was, I was talking about him getting thrown off Oklahoma City.
0: No, no, but I'm saying, like, when – I think – I don't think he was thrown off Oklahoma City. I think that he sweetened the trade deal I'm trying they, to remember. they traded what, him.
1: What deal was that again?
0: It was, uh, I'm pretty sure it was the Al Horford trade and he, and it was, it turned into a three-team deal. I'm almost positive that's what it was. And it turned into a three-team deal that sent him to Dallas. I'm almost positive that's what that trade was, but no, Moses Brown. No, I can't forget what Moses Brown did. What was it? It wasn't last season. It might've been the season. It might've been last season. The, no, no, I watched him
1: me. on the Thunder he averaged 8.6 points per game, 8.9 rebounds and just No, but he hands. had he had a run. He had a run Man. where he was going crazy. That was full on tank mode Thunder, but yeah, he was okay.
0: But it doesn't matter. Is sure. and so that okay. but you show me, but you show me that when you get the opportunity that you can play. I think that he I, I like Moses Brown opportunity while Jared Allen and Evan Mobley is out. And he's actually a player, like one of those – you know how ZB throws out these random bench warmers that everybody talks about? I think he's one of those random players that could just sneakily come into some really nice games towards the end part of this season, especially in with a good how spot. the Cavaliers want to play.
1: I think he's in a good spot. I'm just going to take Capella in the matchup.
0: Yeah, no, uh, no. 100% I think Capella is going to do, do well. But I think that this is a game where Moses Brown – if Moses Brown finished this game with some twenty and ten, I would not be surprised.
1: I don't mind a double double, but on Moses Brown,
0: I wonder where his I don't know where his props are. At. I, saying, I if, if they even at.
1: exist, some books might not even have it up. But if he's starting, you might see some props. I don't and, mind double double yeah. or plus money.
0: Yeah, double double, and I like I like his one. I think that especially with how bad Atlanta has been defensively, and I'm sure Darius Garland is going to get a lot of attention tonight. Dump-offs to Moses Brown just seem very, very interesting. And mm-hmm. he, could, he could have 20. I'm pretty sure there's going to be a little bit of a run for Moses Brown in these next couple of games, for
1: sure. I think there should be. As for the actual matchup itself, I made a YouTube play on this game about six hours ago. I better win this damn play. I got the over. 222. It went up eight points in six hours. How does that happen? An eight-point yeah. line move in six hours. I don't think I've ever seen that before. That is wild. Usually, you'll see like three points, and that's a big move. Eight points. I mean, I I understand completely why there's been over money. That's why I took it, but that's a little bit crazy. I expect to see a lot of points in this game. Uh, two of the uh, each of the last two meetings had at least uh, two thirty nine, I believe. So you have seen some high scoring games here, but. For the actual side, I'm going atlanta we We're talking about the health of both teams right now to go through the actual home road splits Cleveland losing record on the road Atlanta's ten games over at home. I like Atlanta in a route today I think they get it I think they get into a nice rhythm. I think they do enough defensively to win by double digits. I'm taking the Hawks
0: yeah i like I like the hawks too I like the hawks too i'm not not as confident as you are in this one, but
1: I don't know what I like ultimately about Quinn, I think You got Garland, then you got Lavert, who is offensively talented, but it's why I wasn't a big fan of the Detroit at the time. I think he's a ball hog and I think Garland should have the ball in his hands the entire time.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I think you said Detroit. What is that? Detroit. Did you say when he was in Detroit, Indiana? Who? Gar- we what, what
1: talking about Levert. I just said yeah. I thought it was – I, that I, if I said Detroit, I meant Indiana and Brooklyn, but yeah. either way – Maybe I heard wrong. In yeah. his career, lavert has been a bit of a ball hog, and yeah, Garland absolutely. is way too talented to play off ball. That's all I'm saying.
0: No, 100%. 100%. I'm all with you. I think that this is the Garland and Trey Young show with a sprinkle of Capella and Moses Brown today.
1: I don't mind the assist props for both players. I think there's a good chance both absolutely. can get double-doubles. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Especially if you expect points, 100%. Yeah. Okay, this is one of the most more interesting one of the more interesting games of the day. We have the Los Angeles Clippers traveling to chi Town to play the Chicago Bulls. The Bulls are currently laying two two twenty one on the total for the Los Angeles Clippers. As you remember, when they played the Utah Jazz. Paul George made his return and gave them 34-piece. It was oh, He cooked. Had about four, six. It might have been six. I think it was six. No, it was four. I think it was four. Either way, he had a whole bunch of steals. Whatever. He had a whole bunch of steals. As for their injury report, Brandon Boston Jr. is out. Norman Powell is still out going through on-court shooting drills. He should be back soon. And Kawhi, it hasn't been cleared. We don't expect him to be cleared. For the Chicago Bulls. Zach Levine's day-to-day, as he's been for the majority of his time after coming back, and Lonzo had a setback. He's still out for a while. I say this is one of the more interesting games because
1: – I don't know what category the Clippers are.
0: I have no idea what category the Clippers fall in. Do they fall – like, does Paul George bounce them up into one of the good teams that Chicago just can't beat? Or are they still classified by record as one of the bad teams that Chicago just, mm-hmm. just wins against? Exactly. So it, 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 I have no idea where to classify them. Paul George literally made this – if Paul George was not playing this game, I would have instantly just classified as one of the bad teams and just go ahead and take Chicago.
1: Yeah, balls by 10, 15 if Paul George is employing. But
0: now Paul George is back, and that literally changes everything.
1: I'm taking the Clippers. (sighs) They're not good on the road. Chicago's good at home. I get it. They're terrible. They're terrible on the road. Yeah. It's not good, but I'm going to chalk up a decent amount of those performances to being without Paul George for about three months. So I do think that the Clippers are a bit undervalued. I find it fascinating that with such a terrible road record and with such a good home record, the Clippers are only getting two and a half. It seems quite yeah. trappy, like they're daring you to take yeah. Chicago's 26-10 and 10 at home and also beats up on teams that are, have awful records. I want to take the Clippers.
0: I had that thought, but I just chopped it up to Paul George playing and oh. them saying, well, we really don't want to make the Clippers favorite, so we're just going to give you as close as we can. But Paul George is playing. I, I, that's what I just chopped it up to. I am concerned. I am going to lean Clippers. I'm not going to lock this one up. I'm going to lean Clippers here. Maybe I might be drinking the Kool Aid a little bit after a 25 point win, comeback win from the Clippers, but they came back from 35 points down to mm-hmm. the the Wizards and then won the next game.
1: Just forget so. about it. The point is Paul Paul George was sick. I mean, the the issue is you're wondering about potential rust. That did not exist. Paul George looked fantastic.
0: No, it didn't. He looked really, really good. I mean, he, f- he started the game 0 for 3 and then went some 10 for 17 to finish the game. <laughs> it was ridiculous. It was a great performance by Paul George. And really, for me, it's his contribution defensively. He was active, active defensively for them. For majority of that game he was co- so active defensively for them. He forced a lot of turnovers. He got in, you know, the chili of a lot of players and kind of set them back and that defensive intensity is what the Clippers were missing. That is what they were missing. They they could be. They could turn back into that Clippers squad that just played great defense every night with just the addition of Paul George and him getting everybody else going. So, Chicago's kind of, kind of been down recently. I, uh, it, this one really does give me a lot of concern. I'm not confident on this at all, but I'll give a slight lean to the Clippers right now.
1: All right.
0: I'm on the under at two twenty one and a half. About you?
1: I'm on the under as well. The Clippers play relatively slow. I think they'll do they'll do pretty well defensively here. Levine's banged up. I'm not sure if he's going to play or not. I'm assuming he will, but they played mm-hmm. once this season. Game-landed 190, and if you want mm-hmm. to actually look at the lineups on that one, Paul George did play in that game, so it was before mm-hmm. the serious injuries. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with the under as well. I think you'll see a low-scoring grind. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Chicago's 3-7 and seven in the last 10 at home
0: to the under. Well, mm-hmm. to the over. 3-7 and seven to the over. 7-3 yeah. and three to the under. All right. Oh, uh, I see. I, they always find a way to do this to me, this next game. They always find a way to do this to me to make me pick between two evils. But why are they on TV?
1: They and... haunt me every single week. They're on TV. LeBron's not even playing. Anthony Davis is not even playing. You're watching Malik Monk and Russell Westbrook three times a week. Can we get some other teams on TV, please? Anybody?
0: I would definitely prefer to see this Clippers in Chicago game on TV. 100%. Up. Okay. If you didn't know, now you know. The Lakers are traveling to Utah to play the Utah Jazz. The Jazz are lane 13. I hate Utah so much. Total is set at 227 for the injury report for the Los Angeles Lakers. They are going to be without LeBron James again in this game. Uh, Wayne Gabriel is day-to-day, Anthony Davis is still out, and Kendrick Nunn is somewhere frolicking in the wind.
1: He's out for the year. They announced he's done.
0: (laughs) He's still somewhere frolicking in the wind. For the Utah Jazz, it's been pretty much the same thing for the past few games. Trent Forrest is out. Hassan Whiteside is out. Daniel House is out. Bojan Boganovich is out. And uh, Bojan's
1: questionable, actually. Is he questionable? Yeah, he was questionable last game, too. Ended up not playing. My hot take, I think he actually plays tonight. Okay. Pure hunch by me. But the fact that he's been questionable the last couple of games seems like he's approaching it. It seems like they could have potentially brought him back for the Clippers game. They've lost four in a row now. Four in a row or five in a row? I think it's five. So, I think Boyan's coming back. Uh, I think Utah is going to try to i get back on track sooner rather than later. I think Boyan does play. But that's just a pure gut mm. call by me.
0: Okay. I mean, it's a, it's a home game. You got a home game slotted. You know, been on the road for a while. Mm. Random home game sli- slid in there before you go back on the road to go play the Warriors. So, yeah, this is a good time to bring back. So, now, they have decided to make me choose between betting – the jazz as double digit favorites that I have historically made a name for myself over the course of this season with fading this and made a lot of money doing so or betting the Lakers, which I have just said that I'm not doing recently. So here we are, we are at a crossroads as I try to formulate what I'm going to say next.
1: Scott, what are you doing in this game? I hate the side for both teams. But if I had to pick a side, I'm going to go with the Lakers. I'm going to hold my nose and take the points. Just because the Lakers, when they're missing LeBron and AD, of course, aren't good. That's not a surprise. They did hang around against Philly. They kept it close. Now, I know that on the road – the Lakers are god-awful. They're 11-26 straight up, which is disgusting. They played twice this season. Lakers won both, but of course, you know, I can't factor that because LeBron played and whatever. But the point is that the Jazz, I can't pick a team that's lost five in a row to win by 14-plus. I know the Lakers got running against Dallas. Dallas is now the three-seed in the West. They're much better than Utah. I'm going to take the Lakers plus the points solely because I can't lay this with Utah – I do have a play that I do like in this game, which I'll save for a bit later. But for the full game, 13's too rich for me. The fascinating line for me is the total, because the first two meetings landed below 208, and this total's at 225.5. I actually like the over in this game, just based Mm -hmm. on how absurd that total is compared to the first couple regular season meetings. It looks extremely trappy for the under. I'm going to take the over, but for the side between two teams I can't trust, I'll take the points.
0: I'm not fate in my Jazz. I'm not fate in my Jazz handicap. I can't do it. I can't do it. The Lakers are god awful. They're, they're,
1: they're terrible. They're terrible. They're, they're, they're awful.
0: terrible. Yeah. But the I can jazz... sleep at night
1: taking 13 points. I can't sleep laying 13 with Utah. I can't do it.
0: Literally disgusting and the fact that I'm, I don't even have the numbers. I've lost track of the numbers because they've just done so poorly with this. But it's absolutely disgusting and I can't do it. I cannot do it. And it just feels like this is the spot. So it feels like this is the spot. This is the side that everybody's betting. The Lakers just was just laying 11 to Dallas and got ran out the gym. And now they're doing the same thing. You mean mean getting
1: 11, but still?
0: Yes, getting 11. Yes, getting 11, ran out the gym. Now they're getting 13. This was at 11. it's, It's jumped up to 13 because all the money is on Utah. And over the course of the past few weeks, we have just seen teams that are without their stars find something don't know what it is but they find something to pick up the slack now that counts for everybody but the Lakers however if there's ever a time if there is ever a time for the Lakers to get a win for the Lakers to even look like they are even trying to make the play-in anymore it is now it is absolutely now. You are a half game on the Spurs who you got lucky that they did not win that game against Memphis last night. And the, the issue that I have and what makes this so hard to pick the Lakers is that Russell Westbrook has zero accountability for his actions.
1: He just wants Literally to fight zero
0: every, accountability. He wants
1: to fight every reporter at every press conference. Literally
0: zero accountability for any any point of what the Lakers are doing right now. He doesn't want to take accountability for it at all. He doesn't want to say, I have to be better. He doesn't. He doesn't want to go there. And that's what makes this so hard. If this was any other team in the NBA, literally any other team in the NBA, I would not hesitate. I would tell you, bet that team. Plus thirteen, sprinkle on the money line. I would sit here and bang it and scream it from the top of my lungs. I would absolutely do that. And now I just have to calmly just sit here and tell you to bet the Lakers and sprinkle on the money line because it's the Lakers. But it just feels like Utah. One Utah sucks. I'm just gonna go say it. Utah is not good. They're gonna lose. Utah them. is. In my opinion. They, they, are, they are a regular season team that can put on very good stretches in the regular season. They are not good. They are 100% a first-round out of me. And they they really do need to win this game and solidify themselves outside of that play-in. Because don't look now, but their last seven games are Lakers. Oh, wait, no. This is – I was looking at the Lakers' schedule. My bad. So the last seven games are – Lakers, Warriors, Grizzlies, Thunder, okay. Suns, Trailblazers.
1: Okay. That's like two guaranteed wins with a mix of a couple of teams that might Could possibly, be resting guys. You don't know.
0: Yeah, no idea. So, they, they at this point, they, the, everything's in front of them, and they can keep themselves out to the play in. But if they fold, Minnesota's right there.
1: Say, be if, more you, if you bet the side on this game you're going to be miserable no matter what because you're basically picking a lesser of two evil situation i wouldn't watch the game there's no way i'm betting this game with my actual money but since we cover every game i'll take the points between two teams i hate
0: I'm betting it because this fate of Utah has been so good to me this season, and this just feels like the spot where everybody is on Utah. Like, I'm almost positive those people that play those big money lines have Utah in their parlays today. I'm sure they do. And this just feels like the spot – this just feels like the spot where everybody is betting Utah. Everybody's like Utah's going at the very least going to get a win. And there are some teams that you just cannot beat. And I don't care if LeBron James was playing. Those teams were really bad. And they were at really bad portions of the season when the Lakers got wins against
1: Utah. AD also got hurt in the middle of the second game and Utah blew a double digit lead in the final five minutes.
0: So there's some teams you just can't you just can't beat. I can't I'm not as excited as I was getting this line for other teams throughout the course of the season. But God believe that I will be taking the largest of victory laps if this comes to fruition, so yes, I'm taking the Lakers plus thirteen, sprinkle on the money line because the jazz have just shown over the course of the season that they can really fold in this spot. Mm-hmm.
1: thoughts on the total
0: I'm on the over
1: yeah I find that's the, the only way the that is the only
0: end. way that is the only way that the Lakers are in this game is if they're scoring. Yeah, I agree. Whew. Man, I should have been more excited for that. I should have been more excited
1: for that. I am really I really hate the Lakers, man. Really, really, really hate the Lakers. <laughs> You'd be a lot more excited if LeBron was questionable. But since he's already been ruled out, you have to factor that in.
0: Yeah, if LeBron was questionable, I'd be a lot more excited. I probably, I probably would have been, yeah. But I don't know, man. Teams have really been... Playing with their their main guys out over the past couple of weeks.
1: I just can't really, trust Utah because really. even when they're up twenty five, you don't trust them to win the game. No,pe not at all, not at all, whatsoever. There are never enough
0: things to gamble on in one sport that runs three hundred sixty five days a year is horse racing. And the best part is, there is now a new way to play the ponies, especially if you are brand new to the sport. Check out Stable Duel, a daily fantasy style app where you can play free and pay games for real cash prizes. Pick your horses, build your stable, and play against others to move up the leaderboard. You can win as much as $25,000 with one entry. All you have to do is go to StableDuel.com, download the app now at StableDuel.com, and see how many winners you can pick. You can play multiple games each day, free weekly games at tracks all over the United States. Get an app, create your account, and start building your stables today. You can play against your friends. Or you can play against us. You can play against us in our stables. Play, race, win. Download now at StableDuel.com. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, where America buys and sells sports bets. The Final Four is set, and PropSwap is your place to cash in on the big dance. The last two weeks, Prop Shoppers have been making thousands of dollars by simply buying and selling college basketball teams. You can always find the best odds on PropSwap because you're buying directly from other bettors like yourself. And then after you make a purchase, you can either go for the win or resell your bet at any time to lock in a profit. Like Patrick from New York, who sold a $1,000 35-1 to 1 Houston championship ticket for $6,000 on PropSwap before their Elite 8 game. He turned his $1K into 6 k guaranteed, and the buyer got the best odds in the country. Go to PropSwap.com or download the free PropSwap app today. They have fantastic features like filtering listed tickets based on the best value, a free activity fee to stay in the know with all the big sales and red hot tickets for sale, a loyalty rewards program that turns your ticket sales into extra bonus cash, and a first deposit cash match. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit. And PropSwap will match your deposit up to $500. Join the real sports bettors on PropSwap where America buys and sells sports bets. Slock and dog time. Scott, we have five games. What are you doing?
1: So, for the lock, I am torn between two. I'll just say what they are. One's going to be Atlanta at around minus six, but this team doesn't guard anybody. But Cleveland's entire identity is defense, another defensive shot. So, I'm really tempted to go with Atlanta. The other one's going to be a quarter play. It's going to be the Jazz first quarter like minus four and a half, because the Lakers get run out of the building in the first quarter every single game. And after that choke job, I expect Utah to come out focused for at least the first 12 minutes of this game. Uh, uh, You can really make an argument either way, but I'm going to trust my instincts here. I'm going to go with the Hawks minus six against Cleveland. It's a back-to-back with travel for Cleveland. Atlanta, I know, has had some cupcakes recently, ended up beating up on Indiana and Oklahoma City. But I'm just looking at Cleveland's roster, and defensively, they really should struggle to get any stops of any kind, not to mention the fact they're below 500 on the road, and most of those games were when they were fully healthy. And Atlanta we know is a terrible road team, but they are really good at home. So I think Atlanta continues their winning streak. I think they win their fourth straight pretty handily. Might be close for a half, but I think Atlanta ends up finding another gear that Cleveland doesn't have with their current roster. I'm going to take the Hawks minus six. All right. I like it. Jazz first quarter was tempting, though. I thought about it. Mm
0: -hmm. No, I still like that play. I would bet that today. I, I, I like that. I do like that play.
1: What's your dog? It's so going to be the Clippers. Just because truth is, process of elimination. The only other option for me would be the Bucks. The Lakers, you can argue for the spread, but I'm not picking them to win the game. The Bucks can maybe pull it out. We'll see. But I'm going with the Clippers because I've seen Chicago the last couple of weeks or months at this point, and they're just not very good. They beat the Wizards last game. Congratulations beat Cleveland a couple games ago, lost to the Knicks in between. They had a long road trip. So they're finally returning home. But the Clippers had a nice win. They finally snapped the losing streak. But Paul George, morale-wise, I think is a massive boost. Mm. And I trust Tyloo more than Billy Donovan. So in a game that I think should come down to the wire, I'll take the coach that has some of the best adjustments in the league. I'll take the Clippers getting roughly plus 130 give or take, that'll be my dog.
0: Okay. I like it. For my luck, I'm taking Brooklyn minus two. I think that this is a spot where everybody is on Milwaukee, and that's probably going to drive this number down. So you probably can get a little bit of a closer number as you get closer to game time. I'm cool laying the two because I think that Milwaukee's perimeter defense and their lack of depth where this is a plus matchup for the depth pieces in Brooklyn is going to be the deciding factor in this game and the longer that you can go scoring because ultimately this is that's what it's going to come to they're probably going to get out to a track meet in the beginning of this game and it's whoever can keep up scoring longer who is going to have that four-minute, five-minute stretch where they just can't put the ball in the basket. And I think that there is more of a chance for that to happen for Milwaukee than it is for Brooklyn. So I'm going to ride with Brooklyn in this one. For my dog, he took the Clippers, so he makes it very easy for me. I'm taking the Lakers at plus 600 because the Jazz are not good. The Lakers are not good, but the Jazz are not good. And while both of these teams really struggle defensively, the Jazz are letting teams shoot the second-highest three-point percentage at 44.1% over the past five games. And they're letting teams shoot the second-highest field goal percentage overall at 52.3%. And if there's anything about the Lakers, it is they have these random games where they can just knock down shots. And if the Utah Jazz give them that opportunity today, it can be very, very ugly for them, especially with the fact that the Lakers aren't actually – like, they, they, they're they not devoid of talent that, are, that can score the basketball. They just don't fucking do it. They just don't do it. So if you're telling me that I have a chance of tonight being the night against a team that is so bad and letting teams score almost anything they want on them defensively and they're getting plus 600, and I have the trend that I have against the Utah Jazz over the course of this season. I'm going to take it. I'm going to take my chances. So I'm perfectly fine. Sprinkle on the money line, plus 600 for Lakers. They can't They can't disappoint me any more than they've already done. So I'll take a chance that they, they shock everybody because I think some 90% of the money is on the Utah Jazz right now
1: you Want a full game play on that, or do you want like a half play or something just to hope that they come out hot and then eventually fall back down to earth?
0: No, because I think that what's more likely is that Utah has a lead and blows it.
1: Yeah. That's why I mentioned the first quarter option. I agree with you. Yeah. I'm just throwing it out there.
0: Yeah. No, yeah. Yeah, I like I think that it's more likely that Utah has a lead and blows it. So right. I'll take uh, six to one, six to one on the Lakers tonight. Absolutely, that's my dog. Cool. Whoo wee. And we are here at the end of the show. Scott, what do you have to tell people before we get up out of here today?
1: So you can find me on Twitter at Reichel Radio, R-E-I-C-H-E-L Radio. Besides that, I'm, back, I'm actually about to do the propcast with Munaf right after I finish this. So, yeah, a bit, bit of a busy morning. Uh, besides that, looking forward to the Final Four over the weekend. One of my friends is having a birthday party at a bar during the North Carolina Duke game. And Ooh, one of my me. friends who I'm going with to the party has a North Carolina ticket to win about five grand. So he bought a North Carolina Tar Heels hat and he's going to be rocking it at the party. So we're going to be going to probably not socialize that much and mostly watch the basketball. Game. Priorities, right. man. priorities of a gambler.
0: Yeah, no, I'm a hundred percent with it. I'm hopping. I should be. We'll see what happens because, you know, how time differences work. But should be hopping on College Basketball Experience to talk this game with Nick and Kobe. So that should be a lot of fun. Can't wait to the Final Four and see what happens. All right. Everybody's favorite point of the show. Where, where can people find see...
1: you? Come on, man.
0: You all heart. know, everybody knows where they can find me, at reallyreal__instagram underscore underscore and Twitter. Find me in the SGPN Slack channel, sg.pn.com slash slack. And find me in the review section, reading your reviews. So drop some reviews for this podcast. And I'm in the review section, reading your reviews. I love to hear what you have to say, good and bad. So drop those. Let us know what you think. Absolutely. we come to the portion where I have still not figured out how i'm gonna end the podcast and i haven't put too much thought of, into it honestly because moon off came back so i'm not doing this every day anymore so i didn't put any thought into it into actually earlier today where i thought i had some but i didn't it didn't come into fruition it didn't sound right so we're just gonna end the podcast like this we're out
1: basketball give me, give me, give me the ball